0: Welcome to the Picky Girl Travels podcast, the show for Black women who want more out of life and to live it as they see fit. The message here is all about defying convention, embracing adventure, and regretting absolutely nothing. I'm your host, Adelia Borishadeh, of the blog, Picky Girl PickyGirlTravelsTheWorld.com. My guest today is no stranger to most of you. Um, She was a guest here on the podcast two years ago, talking about the first Exodus Summit, the (laughs) premier uh, event for Black women who want to take a sabbatical or move abroad. You all know Stephanie Perry. Um, Do you realize that it is almost exactly two years to the date? When I interviewed you for the podcast the first time.
1: Oh, is it? <laughs> no, I, I did
0: not. I had just gotten back to Mexico City and I hadn't moved into this apartment yet. I was like a couple of days huh. away. So it was like the, sometime in the first week in August.
1: Time flies. Good grief.
0: <laughs> so I know that anybody watching this right now, of course, recognizes you. Uh from your very, very popular YouTube channel. But as we were just saying, you were a guest on this podcast almost exactly two years ago. Um, And we talked about you choosing happiness. Yes. um, Because this podcast is all about Black women living life on their terms, living the life that they wanna lead and what that looks like for them. Yes. So what have you been up to the last two years?
1: I've been doing a little of the same, right? Still house sitting around, still bopping around. But I've also been working towards the next version of me, right? The next, I got to live my dream. I get to live my dream of traveling wherever and staying there as long as I feel like it, right? That was level one. Dream life, right? <laughs> I found a way to support myself and be where I want to be for as long as I want to be there. Uh, and so I've been working on what's next for me now that I've uh, now that I can do this, right? Where do I move next? What do I who who do I become next? Who do I want to evolve into so that I don't feel like I'm stuck or start to feel regretful, you know? Yeah. Start to feel like regretful or I, what I don't want is I don't want to end up regretting not doing things. So what can I do now to make sure that I'm not going to end up in a place of regret on my last day?
0: I'm, I'm on that same page. That's yeah. often how I decide whether to say yes to something or not. Cause if there is the chance that I might regret it, then I have to think long and hard about passing it up. Now, What I find really interesting about you and about your story is, it is similar to mine in that kind of for the first 40 years of your life, this is not how you were living.
1: No, I, from, I guess from like 20 to 40, 20 to 41, I just, my life just became a accumulation of the things that I didn't have. And I was just replaying all day, constantly in my mind, here are the things I don't have. Here are the things that I will never get. Here are my failures. Here are my losses, right? I was just a bundle of loss. um, And I thought that that was just how it was going to be, right? My life is just, I'm just a person who has had this loss and that loss and uh, who is never going to get these things that I thought that people who... I thought that I was not deserving of, I guess. Right. I was never going to get these things. And that's just who I am. That's just how, that's just my life. And like I have spent 20 years and the good years too, like the good, (laughs) not that being 48 is, doesn't feel good. I feel good at 48, but I mean, from 20, from 20, probably 22 to 41, my life was about the losses Um, and I thought that that was just how it was going to be. I didn't know that there was a new, I didn't know that there was going to be anything new for me. And so I didn't even try. Didn't even try. Well,
0: we, we live in a system in the U S very much, particularly for women, you are those accomplishments. And if you don't have them, you are absolutely less than, and. Often, if you haven't checked the box, you haven't achieved quote unquote the, the goal that a woman your age is supposed to want, we're taught that the problem is with you, that you you somehow have a deficit or you're non-functioning or what have you.
1: That's right. that's right and that and the problem is with you and right oh, well, there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck on a track. I'm sorry. I'm house sitting. I moved the squeaky toy. They found another one. I'm sorry. I'm dog sitting. Yeah. that. not only that the problem is with you, but oh, well, right. Just deal with it. It is what it is,
0: right? What it is, uh, very much American culture is ageist. And there is, according to the culture that both you and I grew up in, there is a short shelf life for women and there yeah. is a specific time at which you're supposed to achieve these certain things. And if you don't do it in that time frame, oh, well.
1: That's right. That's why I don't interview, no offense to the 20-somethings and 30-somethings, but I try my hardest not to interview 20-somethings on my channel because they say stuff like, I'm 28 and I want to move abroad. Is it it's too, too late?
0: late? Oh my God, like,
1: I just want to shake them. I can't stand it. But I guess I thought that too, maybe. You did, you did. I'm like, don't y'all know any 40 year olds? You don't, you're telling me you have gone through life and you didn't realize that you would live past 40. You don't know any 40 year olds. You don't know one 50 year old. You've never met a 60 year old or a 70 year old or an 80 year old or a 90 year old, a hundred year old in your whole life.
0: I never thought about getting older than 25, (laughs) literally. And when I turned 27, that was the first of, several, like, I don't know if we want to call them crises or what, but like oh, 27 God. hit me hard oh, and God. I could not put my finger on it. And, and one day I did realize like, I never gave any thought to what my life would look like beyond 25. So
1: okay.
0: I, I can see some of that, yeah. but okay. So you, you mentioned that, you know, for a good 20 year span there what is considered to be supposedly the most productive and important years of our lives blah 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 because you can tell I don't buy that buy into that <laughs> um, you suffered a lot of losses and I I have known you in your 40s and yeah. so it's very hard for me to imagine that yeah. Can you identify what changed? how you made that transition away from focusing on the so-called failures Mm -hmm. and getting a different outlook.
1: So frankly, I just saw enough people who I went to school with or who were my age die. And I realized, listen, I got to snap out of it because I'm alive, right? I saw enough former classmates and friends and family and relatives uh, die. And, f- and one day I was just like, uh, you actually are alive, right? <laughs> right? You, as long as you, you're alive, you can make a change. You can do something new, right? Started with small things. I became a runner in my 30s, right? It started with small things. And I was like, oh, I can actually change. I can actually try new things. I can become a new person. I can take control of my life. I don't know that I really ever felt agency over myself, I just felt like I was drifting along, like with the current. And at one point, I was just like, oh, you know, I can swim, right? (laughs) I don't have to go where the current is pushing me. I can swim there figuratively.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what you're saying right there, I also identify with this is not something I figured out until later, but Mm -hmm. very. I try to live my life now with intention. I make choices intentionally. That was not how I lived the first 40 mm-hmm. years of my life. Cause I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel also like I had agency. It was more like I handled whatever life threw at me. And I yeah. tried to make the best of whatever situation I found myself in, but like making, there are very few things, big things in my life I can think about where I made a specific choice
1: right. to
0: to to do that. So you started running and what other kind of little changes do you remember?
1: Um us yeah Uh, I started running, I started, uh, I joined like a meetup for filmmakers, even though I had not made a film, I had not written anything in my future life, I will be a writer, right? So I joined some writing groups and just hung out with people who were doing the things that they wanted, who had a vision for their life, and were doing that, right? And then the most important thing is that I started putting travel, making travel a real priority in my life for me, travel is the thing. Travel is what makes me feel like me, right? Travel is when I feel like I'm myself. Uh, So I started making travel a priority, even when it was just, you know, I can only take a five-day vacation in this block. Um, Those were the first steps that I took. And then longer travel, once I I quit my job to travel for a year, it was on, right? Once I could achieve that, even, even if even before I got out the door, once I got to the point where I could get on that flight, you couldn't tell me anything. There's nothing I can't do because that was like mission impossible to me.
0: Uh, no, it 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 absolutely was. And I, I think the world that we live in now was different than the world then, even though that was what, seven, seven eight years ago. Yeah. And somebody saying, yes, I quit my job to travel the world doesn't quite raise the eyebrows that it raised then. And no, I can only imagine how doing that completely shifts your worldview about what is possible and what you can do. Mm -hmm. And so when you were here last time, we talked about at 41, you quit your job, you travel the world for a year. Um, And that is something There are people who would be 40 and think that's not something I can do at this age. Maybe that's not even something I can do when I'm retired in my 60s. After that, you sort of gave up on nine to five life?
1: No more, yes. Jobs, I have detached myself from job culture, right? (laughs) Not only did I give up hustle, I don't know that I was ever in on hustle culture, but not only have I rejected hustle culture, I reject job culture. <laughs> I don't I don't want my a job to be the center of my life and then try to do other things that fit in there. I don't want the job to be the main important factor in my life. I don't want it. <laughs> Y'all can have it.
0: And I mean again, you're doing this in your 40s cuz I I think about the women who watch this podcast or who listen to this podcast Um, the, the age kind of skews to our age, a lot of Gen Xers who are thinking like, that's great for her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I couldn't possibly do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you became an entrepreneur multiple times over in your forties.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without, without a real, without any like background, without any like, uh, advantage that would make it easier for me. Yeah. Except my parents. I do have wonderful parents. Hi, mom and dad.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, well, yes, we're, we're not going to downplay having the advantage of having that, but I, I guess I'm very much stuck on and trying to figure out what I can say to those women who feel like I wanted those things too, but I'm past that point in my life.
1: Yeah. Listen, how much of your life do you want to give up to, at some point, at some point, you're going to come to the realization that, oh, I still want this thing. And now it's time for me to try to work on it. So how much of your life do you want to give into this middle phase of, of like apathy or of, of like, well, I can't, I can't even try. Right. You might as well snap out of it today because (laughs) at some point you are, it's, you're, it's still going to come back to you. Right. As long as you have breath in your body, those things that you want for yourself, they're going to keep rearing their heads. Right. So how long do you want to keep putting it off? How long do you want to keep talking yourself out of it before you just finally go? If, if this was a third party, if this was another person and you heard her say the things that you say to yourself. Right. What would you tell her? You would tell her, girl, do it. Right. Time is time is not on anybody's side. Not to be, you know, time is not on our side. So let's live.
0: I actually think we should be that, I Mm -hmm. think, because I I feel like you were going to say, you know, like not to be morbid, but I actually think more people could benefit if they contemplated their own death more often, Um, Mm -hmm. because like you, for me, that was the thing. I looked around and was like, if I died tomorrow, is this the, the mark I wanted to make? Is this the life that I would have wanted to live? Is this what I want people to remember about me? And the answer to that question was no. Mm-hmm. And so I had to figure out how to start living the life I wanted in however much time I had left because we don't know. Now, somebody looking at you from the outside could say, okay, traveling, you know, starting businesses, living this house sitter life. Okay, that's cool. But one of the things that you have mentioned that um you want to do is you want to become a mother yeah and I think there are a lot of women who would be like well yeah I'll let other stuff y'all said. I can I can see that but you know you're 48 (laughs) and you still like this is something you are still pursuing
1: I'm telling. You, this is how I know that those things, those desires in you, they keep. They keep that that fire is still in there. It might just be a smolder today, but at some point, that it's going to erupt again into a full on fire. Yeah, I know. I've always known that I wanted to be a mother. I lost a child at uh, in my early twenties. Uh, but I always knew like when I would talk to girlfriends, some of my girlfriends would be like, girl, no, I don't want to I have a girlfriend as a teacher. She was always like, no. And I'd be like, yes, me. Yes. Right. I always knew it was something I wanted. But as we've discussed for the 20s, 30s and early 40s, I just thought, oh, well, I missed it. Right. Not only did not I didn't think I missed it. I thought I didn't earn it. or I don't deserve it or I'm being punished for a good part of my life i thought that me being without children was a punishment for something i don't know for what really <laughs> but yeah I, and and then uh once i decided to stop punishing myself for whatever i realized that the desire was still there and then i realized oh i can make it happen somebody my age or older is becoming a parent today so if they can do it so can i i think that the my bi- greatest revelation in life is that nobody is exceptional. People are not <laughs> exceptional. They're just people. They're, they're and people. Some people
0: are lucky, but like, yes. is very, very few people are truly exceptional.
1: Yeah. Okay. Very few. Simone Biles is exceptional. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> but the people who have the things that you want, they're probably not exceptional, right? They are people who just Had some luck. Maybe they have a community. They have some people around them who can help them. Uh, But they're still people. They failed. They've made mistakes. They've cried about the things that they've done wrong. They've done. They've had the same experiences that you have. They've just have also gotten the thing. Uh, So I decided that I'm gonna get the thing right. If I want motherhood in this life, I'm gonna have to go after it. It's not gonna at 48. I'm not gonna accidentally become a mother. (laughs) It's not, not. then but I'm gonna have to be very intentional. You said the word, right? I'm gonna have to be very intentional about creating a life so that this can be my thing.
0: Now, a lot of women, particularly black women, are very being a mother and being partnered with yeah. a man, those two things go together and you do not separate them.
1: Oh, that's how you see it for Black women? I don't know. Well,
0: I don't know. I feel, I don't know. (laughs) Because it's very hard. I often feel like an outsider looking in because, like, I was indifferent about, (laughs) I I was indifferent about a lot of things and kind of was like, well, maybe I'll have a kid, but I really had no interest in having the man around. Like, and so when I ended up getting married, I thought it was this magical love story, fairy tale, mm-hmm. against the odds. It was a load of bullshit. But this is this the this, this stuff you think about when you're 19. Yeah. Um, so I have never seen those two things together. But in a lot of the conversations <laughs> I see online, a lot of the comments women make, like, if you're going to do it right, I guess, oh, you um... gonna you're going to have a man and then you have a baby.
1: That's just Christianity.
0: And you you have to be married and all of that.
1: That's just Christianity, Uh, yeah. Now, uh, in my my world, right? The two things don't go together. They don't go hand in hand. I've got plenty, plenty, plenty of girlfriends and family members who are mothers who never, ever, ever had a committed long-term relationship with a male partner. So I don't feel like the two go hand in hand either. When I say I want a family, I mean, I want motherhood. I want alimony more than I want a husband. So
0: (laughs) I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. But I was also going to ask because you have publicly expressed a desire to be partnered in some way. And are you concerned at all that your desire for motherhood at this stage in your life May conflict with that.
1: Yes, and I'm clear on which one comes first. Right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna be a mother. Okay, if he don't like it, goodbye, sir. Right. I'm, I'm fine. That's why. That is why. And maybe it's, maybe it's me just putting um, words in somebody in a person's mouth who doesn't even exist yet, or who doesn't isn't even in my life yet. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with knowing that. The, t- I may not get both. Who knows, I may stumble onto a COVID widow who has small children and I get everything I want, right? He may be a widower, right? A COVID widower with a yacht and small kids, dreams come true all at one time. Uh, but if not, I know what my priorities are. I want the I want motherhood more than I want wifehood, because as an American woman, right? Being a wife is not
0: super appealing. No, it is absolutely not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a house sitter. I've lived in a lot or stayed in a lot of people's houses for periods of time. And that imbalance of uh, responsibilities is tremendous. There's a tremendous gap. And so most likely if I were to get married, I would probably marry another American person, another American man, and I would be in that same imbalanced relationship. I don't want that. So um, oh, I, I would be okay. I would not face a life of regret or a future of regret if I didn't have a partner, a long-term partner, a spouse, a husband, whatever. But I would if I was never a mother. I, I know those two things.
0: And yeah. I think that's important what you just said um, because I'm assuming something something internal told you like, okay, I would be okay with this, but I would not be okay with that. And that's one of the things that I've learned over the last seven years is to listen to that, that inner voice, because that's, that's really how you feel. That's really what you want. It's in
1: there. We just don't get enough time to listen, right? We're busy. (laughs) We work all the time. We don't get enough free time. I've built a whole life full of free time where I get to just hear what's going on in my brain, right? The good and the bad. And so I know i i I have the gift of clarity about my own life. I know what I want. um and i'm I'm so appreciative for that because I didn't know that I didn't even know that that was a thing before, right. I didn't, I didn't even either. Know, yeah I didn't
0: either. And I have come to believe that women are actively discouraged, yeah, from listening to that because yeah. think about all the times when a woman has this feeling or what have you and she voices it and people are very quick to be like, Oh, you being silly, you mm-hmm. being crazy, you know, like that doesn't make any sense. So, um, so no, I, I, I very much feel that way.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So at, cause you just turned 48 yes, and you are going to pursue motherhood. And you, like you said, you have to be intentional about it. How are you being intentional?
1: I have um, decided to move to Costa Rica because Costa Rica is the place that gives me the best chance at adoption at my age and being a single woman. Um, I could adopt, there are some places around the world where you can adopt at my age, but not single, right? There are some places where you can adopt single, but not at my age. There are some places where you can adopt single at my age, but not a black child. You probably wouldn't get a black or even a brown kid, right? Uh, so Costa Rica gives me the best chance. So I'm out of here. I'm moving to Costa Rica. I will have some kind of home in Costa Rica by this winter.
0: Um, you're the second guest that I have spoken to who is who moved to Co- Costa Rica, is moving to Costa Rica specifically for that. Yeah, Uh, she is in her 40s and she wants to adopt a child uh, and she's like, that's why I'm in Costa Rica.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Listen. So the part about being intentional isn't just like um, it's not just the clarity, but you have to put some action behind it. Right. I want to make sure that I give myself the best odds. I'm a believer in, in being open to things, however they come. Right. So listen. Hello, rich widower with a yacht and small children. I am available. Okay. But I'm going to make sure that I at least give myself the best chance, the best odds, put myself in a position where luck can take over because I'm okay with that too. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I think Costa Rica is just a good option for women like us. I hope I maybe I holler at her so we can be adoption buddies. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can adopt some siblings because I, don't, I only want one. That's the problem with adoption. <laughs> Right. Uh, a lot of the available children are family units are, are more is, you know, more than one. And that's a whole different concern. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, is it important to you that it be a black or a brown child?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. So I know people who do it. Shonda Rhimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't. Ima- I can't imagine. Part of it, I think, is just that I'm vain and i want to i still want a kid who looks like me and i can get a kid who looks like me because i just have a regular black girl face so <laughs> it's totally possible it's totally possible but also um there are black kids there are black and brown kids who need homes and so i don't i don't feel like i need to cut that possibility out right like i said i'm willing to cut some things out i'm willing to cut the a husband out i'm willing to cut some things out but that's not a concession that i'm willing to make personally
0: i don't believe this I don't think this but if there there's probably somebody watching this thinking but there's so many black children in the system in the U.S. that could use somebody like you as a mom
1: Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. The U.S. is just more. It's not going to be as okay. So I like to do as little as possible. Okay, that's my how I run my whole life. I want to do as little as possible. In the U.S., it's going to require me to get a uh, home in the U.S. That's going to be a lot more expensive. Even though Costa Rica is not super cheap, Costa Rica is not a place where. It's not like a bargain basement price place, but it's I can get a home in Costa Rica for less than I can get a home in even Dover, Delaware. My parents live in Dover. Even a two-bedroom apartment in Delaware is going to cost me more than it would in San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, And then the the process is just so much more tedious, laborious, time-consuming, but it's still a possibility. I don't have a home in the U.S., Okay, so that's problem number one in terms of an agency saying, yes, I don't have a home in the U.S. To make a home in the U.S., it would cost me a lot more and take me more time than to create a home in Costa Rica.
0: Have you uh, looked at what the how the cost of the actual adoption process compares between the two?
1: Yeah. So I have not gotten good info on Costa Rica's cost of adoption. Right. Because you don't you see people adopting from the U.S. going down to Costa Rica to adopt who don't live in Costa Rica. I hopefully will have residency in Costa Rica and things will be different for me Um, in the U.S. Honestly, if I adopted out of foster care in the state of Delaware, I could basically do it for almost nothing. Right. If you in in the state of Delaware, if you adopt a kid who's in foster care, um, particularly a kid over, I think, four, two or four years old. Um, the state of Delaware reimburses you all the fees and, you know, or not all, but a majority. So it could be less expensive in Delaware, but longer, a long, much longer process. Um, and I don't know that Delaware would approve me because in Delaware, I'm not a person with money, right? In Costa, I have, even though, like I said, Costa Rica is not a bargain basement place. In Costa Rica, I would be classified as a person who is financially capable of taking care of a child. In the state of Delaware, I don't know, I don't know.
0: Do yeah. you have a timeline?
1: No, <laughs> uh, I need residency in Costa Rica. Then I need to set up a place where I live before I can get started on anything. Uh, two, I'm giving myself two or three years. I think that that's probably sounds realistic. In the US, it would probably be more like five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in Costa Rica, we're talking probably two, three years. Time moves so fast, right? It so, does. It <laughs> does. Know, that, that might seem like a long time, but it's not very long. Uh, but maybe, maybe within the next three years, hopefully, I will be a person who has another person <laughs> in my life who I take care of.
0: And so what do you envision life looking like then?
1: I think... That I would l- probably leave Costa Rica and raise my kid somewhere else, right? Once Costa Rica gives me the okay to leave the country, right? Once this is my child now and you can leave the country with this child, I would probably want to raise the, the, my family someplace else. I really like Amsterdam, uh, the Netherlands, right? I really like the Netherlands. I'd like to raise a family in a place. I'd like to also be intentional about where I raise my family. Right. So the U S is probably a hundred percent out of the picture. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what would make me with all options. This is not an an accusation or, you know, an indictment on people who raised their, I was raised in the U S right. But because I know the options, I can't imagine what would draw me to do that. Right. And so when the world is open to you, where would I go? I think the Netherlands is my number one choice, even though the weather is not not on no. my side. I would have to make sure that I could get to some warm places pretty regularly in the winter.
0: Well, you could split your time between the Netherlands and like Curacao exactly. or Bonaire, someplace like that, which is what I'm pretty sure a lot of the Dutch do.
1: They do, I saw them, right? I spent the winter in Curacao last winter and they were there, all of them, okay? So. <laughs> They do it. We could do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that life would be a little less like less boppy. Right. I would have a home base. Hopefully I would still travel. You know, kids are, uh, different kids are different. So hopefully I would end up with a kid who is good with being gone from home for stretches of time. Um, hopefully I'll have a kid who is not, uh, school, like older school age, right? Hopefully I'll adopt a kid who is young, either preschool or, you know, elementary school age. Um, And we can go and do some, still do some traveling, still do some seeing of the world without me having to be the teacher. So that, okay. So as much as I want to be a mom, I don't want to be the school teacher. I don't want to homeschooling. I don't know. I don't I don't think that would work for me. Maybe a tutor, like, right, right? Let me let's get some some coins and get a pri- a private tutor, something else. But a uh homeschooling mom, I don't think that's in the cards for me. Uh so th- what I see is a life where I have a home base, uh where we get to travel regularly, um and where we live in a place that we actually love and where we can thrive. Yeah.
0: And we're do you do you have any feelings about becoming a mother in your fifties?
1: No, because I feel pretty good. <laughs> I don't I don't feel any type of way. For my grandmother's generation, it was perfectly normal, right? I have aunts who are my mom's age. I mean, cousins. What am I saying? I have cousins who are my mom's age, right? So in that, just until birth control and abortion, until Roe v. Wade, right? No,
0: you you kept having babies you,
1: until you couldn't. Yeah, so it's not all that unusual, except for in our, we're probably the first generation where this is kind of unusual. Right. But for our grandparents, it was perfectly normal to to start motherhood at 50 or to, to, you know, to become a mother at 50, even if you already had other kids. So in that regard, I don't feel any type of way about it. And I look good. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, I, I am so happy for you. I, my grandmother had my mother at 32. My mother had me at 32. Uh. And I just remember thinking she was the oldest woman on the planet and i was like if i have kids i'm going to have them young cuz i don't want to be old like you and now I, I i said that and now i'm thinking like girl she was 32. 32 32 <laughs> so you know which is why i'm 47 and somebody's grandma
1: grandma you know? uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh so i'm 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 happy that you feel that way i'm still struggling wrapping my head around that but i think that's awesome and There is definitely a lot to be said about having children when you are older and you know who you are and you understand how the world works because I would, if I were having children at this age, I would raise them so much differently than I did because I didn't know who the hell I was at 19 and 20 to be somebody's mama.
1: That's right, and I have a different perspective on the role of parenting. Right, even though I was excited to be pregnant when I was younger, in my early twenties, I was excited for it. Parenting didn't seem like it. I didn't think about it as parenting. I don't know. I didn't think about what my role was in this person's life, um, in the same way that I think about it now. So I think that it's, it's it's a good time. I wouldn't I wouldn't have designed my life this way right? I'm not saying I would have al- always wanted to wait until I was late 40s, early 50s. But now that I'm here, it doesn't seem like that problematic. I think some of the good, there's some bad and there's some good, right? I'm going to need to make sure that I have godparents on deck, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, But uh, there's some bad and there's some good. Maybe I'll be a, an active grandmother, but I may be a grandmother who's already in the in the rocking chair, right? Uh, there's some, there's ups and downs, good and bad about being this age and just getting started. But uh, I think it balances out. I think, I think I'm, st- I feel like I'm still going into it excited and not like, well, I got to do it. You know, I'm really excited to be moving into this new phase.
0: Now, speaking of grandparents,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> What do your parents think or have they said in anything to you? Because there are a lot of folks who if they were doing this at a younger age, yeah. there would be a lot of pressure of, well, you need to come home. If you you uh, know, bring the baby home, uh, you need to be around family, that sort of thing.
1: Um, my parents haven't said a whole lot. My dad hasn't said hardly much of anything. Um, my parents are they enjoyed being grandparents at a younger age than they are today. And I think that they're just making, they want to make sure that I understand that they're not going to be the same type of grandparents that they were 20 years ago. I understand that. Um, in terms of me being in another country, I don't think that's a big deal to them because, or not I don't know. Maybe once once an actual child is here, it may be a bigger deal. But in their minds today, it doesn't seem to be that big of a concern. They've never a- addressed it. I have cousins. I have family members who are military, who lived all over the world and were still a close family and still had have had and have strong bonds in the family. So I have seen that done really well. I have seen transcontinental or inter intercontinental families <laughs> I've seen that done well enough that I know how to navigate that and I have some people I can go to if I need some if I have some questions if I need some help on like how do I make sure that my kid feels like she's a part of this family you know I have I have seen that done and I know who to ask about that kind of stuff I think mostly it's just that my parents are not they're 20 years older than they were <laughs> before uh, because when I was when I was pregnant before, they were. They, it was a very exciting time, and my dad went to Sears and bought the, <laughs> bought the crib and put the crib together for me because I lost, I lost, um, I lost my baby late in the pregnancy, um, and so it was an exciting time for them, and I think that it's it's going to look and feel very different, but still very good. My parents were foster parents when I was a kid, uh, and so what I don't have to do is overcome a hurdle of this isn't our family you know, which is something that a lot of people are afraid of when it, when they think about adopting or something or being a stepmom or whatever. I have seen my parents create a family from people who have no blood relation to them. So that is, I have zero concern with that, zero. My parents, my extended family, I've seen that done again, very well. So that's something I don't have to worry about.
0: Well, it's one thing if somebody's in another country raising a family with the military. Yeah. You are on your own. Yeah. And you're living this unconventional life. But I'm or are they used to it at this point? Because I know when you when you first took your sabbatical, Mm -hmm. they were kind of like,
1: where are you going? Why are you going? (laughs) My mom freaked out. Yeah, they're super used to it now. They're used to it. She knows my mom knows how to get on a plane, <laughs> right? She knows how to get to the place. My dad will come and visit in some places and not others. So I, we haven't discussed Costa Rica. So hopefully, Costa Rica is a place he will come to visit. Uh, but they're yeah, they're not. They're yeah, they they know how to get to me. They're they're good travelers. I learned traveling from them. They like traveling. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I I. I don't know if this is on topic or not. I don't even know if we have a topic. Okay. But when you think, (coughs) excuse me, when you think back to, what was it? 2017,
1: 2015. 15 when I quit. Yeah.
0: 15. Could, you know, like, could you have even imagined the life that you have now, the things that you are doing and contemplating doing?
1: No, no clue, which is why really like women who are like, I don't know what I want in my life. Give yourself some free time and try something. Try one thing. Right. Free time plus trying one thing can really open doors for you. It can change your life. It really did change my life. I had no idea when I left. In 2015, to go travel for a year on savings, my plan was to come back to the U.S. and get a pharmacy technician job in a city where I didn't need a car. Like, that was going to be my biggest overhaul, right? I'm going to move to Chicago or someplace and not have a car. That was what, that was a big, that was dreaming big. That was a life change, right? That's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, who knew that I would be a person who get like literally I can just pick a place, almost any place, Some someplace I cannot afford. Right. I, can, I don't think I can afford Switzerland, but I can pick some place on the map and be like, OK, I'm going to stay here. My tourist visa says I can be here for 90 days. I'm going to be here for 90 days. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a possibility. It just went from one asking myself what the next question. Right. I came back. And instead of looking for jobs in Chicago, I was like, "Uh, what are my other travel options, right? What else can I, how else could I travel with no money? Now that I've spent it all, how can I travel with no money? And then, okay, well, what, and then how can I, t- now I found house sitting, but there's no money in house sitting, you get free accommodation mostly. And then, okay, so how can I parlay that into money? Ah, let's start a YouTube channel. Oh, let's do some coaching. Let's do some things, right? Just asking myself one more question, like instead of giving in to what I already know, what is something that I could try that's different that uh, try just try it and see? And here I am, like a, to- a different person, like literally, like I, I, not literally, but I am a different no, person.
0: No, I'll say literally. Okay. <laughs> a different person. Um, were you ever afraid?
1: All the time, all the time of everything. It's, if we are afraid of everything that we don't know. Anything you haven't done before, you're afraid of it. I was afraid to give my two weeks. Notice. Now I'm a serial job quitter. I've quit many a job, but I was afraid to give my two weeks notice to take that uh, first sabbatical. I just couldn't do it the first day. And then I had to go in, I had a supervisor who didn't work. I worked night shift. He didn't work night shift. And so I missed the opportunity to give him my letter. And so I had to go into work two hours early just to give him the letter the next day. Right. I was afraid to get on the plane. My parents, you know, they dropped me off at the airport, but that was scary. I was excited, but scared. Uh, I was afraid I started, I had some two accountability partners and I told them I was starting a YouTube channel and every month we would get together and they'd be like, uh, where's your YouTube channel, ma'am, right? Uh, okay, January, you said you're going to do it. February, you said you're going to, right? Afraid to do that. Um, every Everything I've done, I've been afraid of doing. One good thing about me is that I was in the Army in my mid-20s, and they did teach you that fear. courage is not the opposite of fear. I think until that point, I always thought that they were opposites. Courage think, is not the I opposite.
0: I think that's how we, are, we use them that way. Yes
1: it's just the next step, right? Courage is just the step after fear. That was a wonderful life lesson. Right. And I I take took internalize that. I mean, I took that to heart, right? We don't have to not be afraid of things in order to do things. We're going to do them afraid. If we waited until if pregnant women waited until they were not afraid, they would stay pregnant for 80 years.
0: Right? Because the first time I was pregnant, I was I was like, okay, cool, we're doing this. And then it hit me. I was like, how is this baby going to get out? And, you know, like we know far more now about maternal mortality issues in the black community. But I recognized even at 20, I was like, a lot of ladies don't survive this. And I was like, very concerned. But, you know, mm-hmm. by then I was already knocked up. So wasn't a whole lot, but you're absolutely right.
1: hmm I keep a tally of things that I have done that I was afraid to do small to big. Right. And when I need to, I just replay them. Remember how you're afraid. Remember how you're afraid to to buy a house. Remember that how you're afraid of your every first day of work is really scary to me. Right. Even though I've had a lot of jobs, I've quit a lot of jobs. That first day is really scary walking into a new place and new people and you don't know what you're doing. And right. And I did it and it worked out fine. Uh, so I just replay over and over things that I've been scared of big and small, my driver's still- test, right? You, I failed my driver's test. you get afraid? Oh, oh, everything, all the time. Okay.
0: Cause I asked this because yeah. it would be very easy to look at the woman here today and be like, okay, well she got it all figured out. You know, like I'm sure nothing bothers her and I'm- she's just brave and, you know, taking the life by the horns.
1: Uh, so yes, I take I feel maybe I have taken life by the horns. Yes, and I am hanging on for dear life. I am scared of the horns. those horns can gore you at any second, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm afraid of things all the time all the time from small things like going, walking into a new house sit and I've never met these people. I've never met these dogs. I'm house sitting two dogs who are pretty big, but they're little babies. Right. Um, Right. From small things to big things. I'm afraid of all new things. Right. I offer. I'm going to offer a new coaching thing. I'm afraid of that. I'm going to do a new meet and greet. I'm afraid of that. I'm going to do I'm going to move to Costa Rica. I'm afraid of that. I'm going to apply for residency. Uh, That's really scary. I'm going to get an an apartment. I've never gotten an apartment in another country. I've never, I've never rented an apartment in my whole life. My dad always just made me buy houses. (laughs) My dad dad made me buy a house at 20, what, 23 or something. And when I went, I went looking for apartments and Back then, I want to tell, I would say it was about $1,100 a month or something. Yeah, eight, no, eight, back
0: eight. then it was much cheaper to just buy a house.
1: And he was like, No, you don't. That's right. <laughs> buy a house. <laughs> I've never rented an apartment in my whole life, especially not in another country where I'm not super conversational in the language. You know, I know the food words. That's not going to help me with a realtor, right? I'm afraid of these things, but I'm more afraid of not doing them right? I'm more afraid of looking back and being like, I missed, I I didn't miss my chance. I gave it away, right? There's one thing to miss your chance. It's another thing to just throw it away. I don't want that. I have an obituary. I wrote my obituary. I got to live that stuff out because I don't want people sitting at my funeral talking about, who is this about? Who are they talking about? She didn't do none of that stuff, Yes, I'm afraid of all of it all of the time, but I also know that what I want, I have to walk through that door, right? I have to walk through that scary door to get the things that I want. I'm in a house with a bunch of doors and I needed to find the washer and dryer, okay? So I'm afraid of mannequins. I know it's a weird thing to be afraid of, but I'm afraid of mannequins with faces, not store mannequins, but like museum mannequins. My last summer house sit, or one of my last house sits, I opened a door, and uh, to the garage and there was Halloween decorations and I couldn't get they, get, they said, you can drive the golf cart. It was, they were in a golf cart community. You can drive the golf cart. I couldn't, I couldn't get the golf cart out of the garage because I was afraid of the mannequins in the garage. Okay. So here I am, I'm opening doors, trying to find the washer and dryer I'm like, please Jesus, no mannequins, please. <laughs> I couldn't, and it took me, And I I couldn't find the washer and dryer the first day because I was afraid to open a door that I was pretty sure was the basement. (laughs) Turns out it was the washer and dryer. I was afraid to open, like I'm afraid of things all the time, but we got to do them, right? We got to do them. I got to wash my clothes, right? I got to do it.
0: Well, and that's what I say about, uh, I was just talking about this the other day, that if you let fear, well, first there's the belief that you have to overcome your fear before yeah. you can move forward.
1: Yes. As so. we just
0: pointed out, if that's the case, folks would never do anything. <laughs> and, and then the other one is, I always look at it like, if I don't, if I give into the fear, mm-hmm. am I giving, what is the cost of what I am giving up that I am yeah. saying no to? And most of the time I can't live with that. So I grit my teeth and you know plunder through the best that I can.
1: Suck it up, yeah. Sometimes we just do have to suck it up. I'm not a team push through person, right? I don't push through a lot of stuff, but fear is a thing that I just do. We have to push through. Um, It's it's life-changing ability. It's a muscle, right? That's a muscle that you work. The ability to do things even when you're afraid to do them That is a muscle that you grow. uh, So do it, do it as many, do it as often as you can. And it makes things, it does make things easier. It doesn't get rid of fear. Fear is always a part of life, but it does make it easier for you to take action the next time and the next time and the next time. It really is a muscle.
0: Now on your YouTube channel, you share about house sitting and all of this. Are you going to share your residency your adoption journey
1: so i don't want to turn my channel into an adoption channel right i don't want that <laughs> and i don't want so i i don't think i don't think i'm gonna share a whole lot so okay i'm torn about this too adelia because my channel in it in, in its essence our channels right are about living your dreams living the life that you dream for yourself and this is something i've been very open about dreaming about for myself. So I do want to share something. uh, uh, definitely the Costa Rica, I mean, the Costa Rica residency process, hundred percent, I'll share that, but the adoption process, um, I do, I do want to share it in some way, but I don't want to turn my channel into an adoption in Costa Rica channel or an adoption family channel, right? There are plenty of people out there doing stuff like that. Um, so I need to figure that out, but I don't need to figure it out ahead of time. I don't think I can just play it by ear, share as little as possible. Right. And then there's nothing to regret. If I share less, I think that's the safest way to do things, share as little as you possibly can. And then I won't regret oversharing, uh, because the kid is a person who, you know, I don't want to exploit. I don't want it to look like, or I don't want to act, act. Commit the act of exploiting this kid because my channel is monetized, right? My videos make dough, and I don't want that to be a driver, right? A driving factor of what I do. So the answer is the residency. Oh yeah, I'm going to share that process. Uh, the adoption, a drip, a drop here or there.
0: When you when you announced, you didn't really announce it. You sort of mentioned it casually that you were pursuing residency in Costa Rica. I was like, why Costa Rica? Why not Mexico? Because you're listing all the stuff when you're listening. I was like, Mexico has all of that. And then you were like, you know, the availability of single men Uh who are not short. Uh Okay. Mexico (laughs) takes an L on that one. And then I don't know what the adoption rules are here. So I was like, oh yeah. Okay. She wants to adopt. That makes sense. But I was really like, (laughs) <laughs> Hold on.
1: No, <laughs> well, she likes to You took it personally? I was like, because
0: I know like you don't want to live someplace cold. No. Um, so no, I was like really struggling to put that together and then I was like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it.
1: I, I, Costa Rica just gets me closer to the things that I want. I think I could get, I could possibly get those same things in Mexico, right? I just want to improve my odds as much as possible. So I'm um, 5'9", right? I, if I want a man, I want a man who's at least five nine, five, ten. They're not available in Mexico. They don't I'm, come they don't come in that I school.
0: am five six, and I'm not even sure why I am on the apps now. I don't even know why. Uh, and it is a struggle <laughs> to find men who are taller than me, and I am five six.
1: They so. have the the problem, right? They get married early, they don't get divorced, and they're small it's just uh like the yeah uh, the, the perfect storm of no men but right there are men coming in all the time so yeah. just because a a, lo- a native mexican man probably is not going to be the solution doesn't mean there's not the right one in mexico
0: all right so we mentioned your youtube channel i highly doubt there is anybody watching or listening to this that doesn't know uh what your channel is or where they can find you online, but just in case.
1: Hello, new friend. My YouTube channel is Stephanie Perry, right? Very easy to find. I am a house sitter, so I talk about house sitting. I talk about bopping around as a digital nomad. I'm one of the co-creators of Exodus Summit, so I talk about moving abroad. Um, The YouTube channel is a place where we get together with Adelia <laughs> and we talk about the things that we want in our lives and then we work on how to get those things and I have guests who come on who are in various stages of doing just that and they share information it's a place where we come and share info this is not a channel where I'm the expert on things right like I said we talk about moving abroad and I've never moved abroad I've never rented a, an apartment in another city I've never rented an apartment period right uh, but it's a place where somebody has the information that somebody is probably a Dahlia. Okay. So, <laughs> but somebody has the information that we need and we get together and share it. I'm really proud of um, this, the platform. I'm really pl- proud of the community that has sprung up out of that YouTube channel because the internet can be a not nice place, right? But we have found The the best people on the internet, right? The kindest, there can't be, there cannot be a more, a kinder, more loving, giving community on the internet. Can't be.
0: I would agree. I would agree. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, uh, for taking time away from your house sitting duties to come and talk to us today. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much. You are on. I don't know if on a roll is the right phrase because you've been on a roll, but you're you're doing amazing work um, and you are changing lives. You give me credit for things that I don't deserve credit for. Right. So I, I I'm fine with taking credit for things. But you said the other day on your channel, you said. Uh, or on on Rashida's video, you said people who know me, know me because of Stephanie's channel. Not true because you were out here doing this work before I was, while I was procrastinating and dragging my feet. You were out here talking to black women about living their lives, living life on their own terms. Um, so give yourself those accolades that you sometimes give to me, give them to yourself. I, I hope that you can take some time and sit back and admire, appreciate, applaud yourself for what you've created, right? Because you did that. You did this. I haven't mm-hmm. recorded one podcast episode for you. I haven't edited one thing. So you I hope that you <laughs> I hope that you <laughs> appreciate and 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 um acknowledge that you, that work that you've done as well. So thank you. Thank you.
0: So, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Stephanie and I am really hopeful that The dreams you have for yourself, maybe that you don't even realize are dreams uh, or dreams that you've kind of chalked up as, well, it's too late for that. I can't do that. I hope hearing Stephanie speak lights something up inside of you that makes you go back and revisit those things that you know you've always wanted but for whatever reason you felt like the ship had sailed, the time had passed. I, will, I, I hope something is sparked within you that you will go back and revisit those things and you will pursue the things that will make you happy so that you can live a life with no regrets. Thank you so much for watching here on YouTube or listening on google podcasts uh apple Podcasts, spotify all those places thank you guys so much for your support if you can like this share this with somebody you think might get some use from it leave a review if that's capable if that's possible wherever you are getting this episode uh if you want to support the podcast financially there is a link to buy me a hot chocolate or become a patron of the podcast Um, until next time.